It's just ugly. Dr. Joheim, uh, good morning, and thanks very much for uh, for uh, talking morning, with Mike. me this morning. I think people who who uh, do something else for a living, well, you know, you're, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm just really sorry that uh, LeBron James, who uh, clearly felt differently about it after he realized, uh-oh, I opened my mouth and toys fell out. He deleted the tweet, but everybody's already seen it. Everybody anybody knows. Is, anybody that looks at that video, Mike, uh, rise, I, mean, I should say everybody, 95% would arrive at the same conclusion that thank God he did what he did. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting to me, and I, I keep saying this, not knowing that uh, uh, whether the the, uh, individ, the young lady has been interviewed yet, but as of last night, I went to bed a little before 9 p.m. I had not seen any uh, interview, any information about the media talking to the young lady whose life was saved. Nobody talked with her or her family. How do you feel? Your daughter wasn't murdered yesterday. How do you, how do you feel? Your friend was shot by the police officer who, uh, who was trying to kill you. How do you feel? Nobody's talked with her. It's all about the young lady who had a big, fat knife who was trying to kill someone who was shot. That's, that's really unfortunate, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I maybe you watch different stations or your your uh, your listeners do, but uh, I watched in several in one of the liberal stations that's called, and uh, several guests basically agreed after they saw the video that this was a, a warranted situation. Frankly, right. But so uh, I think uh, most people that see that video are going to arrive at the same conclusion. What amazes me, and when you see the video, how close that woman in pink was to the woman they got shot. I mean that. Yeah. Nobody talks about that either, but uh, to be able to shoot that person without hitting anybody else is just amazing. Uh, but he saved a life. He may have saved the life of that girl, that, that girl in pink collar. Yeah, well, it, it, who was about to get stabbed by yeah. not a pocket oh, yeah. knife, not by some little knife that you open envelopes with, uh, like the one I have in my pocket, a great big knife that would have done great bodily harm had it been plunged into uh, you know, any tender parts of a person, even falling forward because you just got shot in the leg, that knife is still going to go into some place on another person oh, yeah. and cause great bodily harm. I, you and know. the girl was backed up to a car. She couldn't move. Yeah. Frankly. She couldn't just run away or anything like that. She was trapped. Second but, uh, guessing is, uh, yeah, is painful. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, everybody does that, I guess. I, I know you've had time to uh, uh, look into Minnesota's uh, uh, sentencing guidelines. It, it, and we've all heard that uh, in Minnesota, murder and the various gradations of murder are different in Minnesota than in most other states. How uh, I'm curious right off the bat, uh, if you're if you're charged with second degree murder and third degree murder and manslaughter, why? Why not just pick the one thing that you really want to hang your hat on and go with that? Yeah, the I think the uh, judge. I, I, I speculate a little bit here, Mike. Sure. Uh, the the uh, the judge I think gave the jury the option of going to third degree murder or ah. the second degree manslaughter. In other words, if uh, just in case they they didn't go with the uh, number one, the second degree unintentional murder, which by the way is a forty year uh, maximum sentence. The third degree has a twenty five year maximum sentence. The second degree manslaughter, that's the third charge, was ten degrees. So. I mean, it should be 10 years. So, uh, you know, I think the judge was trying to give the, uh, the jury an option. What, what I found out is that <clears throat> for sentencing reasons, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, second-degree murder is the only one that really counts. That's the most serious one, and that's the one he's going to be uh, essentially convicted of and put in jail. So he isn't so going to get— has to do with that one only. He won't get uh, the full—he won't get 20 years for second, 
plus 10 years for third, plus whatever, seven years for manslaughter. So he isn't going to do 37 years piling on all the uh, possible years in prison. Uh, he, he was convicted of second degree, which is the most serious. And as I understand it, uh, uh, the, the mandatory or the maximum sentence there is, is uh, 25 years. Is that so if he gets the, the maximum, 20 or yeah, 30 years? The maximum for the, the one he's <clears throat> that the judge is going to focus on. By the way, the jury could have, uh, the, the defense could have allowed the jury to decide this, believe it or not. They waived their right to do this. Nobody seems to have caught that. <clears throat> but they waived the right to that, so the judge is going to be the deciding factor here. He will only focus on the second-degree murder. Now, the norm would be 12 and a half years, believe it or not. That's the standard for this. However, the judge, under certain circumstances, and they call them aggravating factors, can increase that upward. And I think the defense, excuse me, the prosecutors are clearly recommending a increase other than just 12 and a half years. But they don't pile these three things on together. They stack them. Unlike, uh, you know, sometimes in Wisconsin you might be charged with three or four things. If you're found guilty of all of them, they, they can be consecutive or concurrently done. But they don't do that in, in uh, Minnesota. They don't do that in Minnesota. All right. Well, and <laughs> so, uh, and that's why it takes so long. That's why he won't be sentenced till the summer because it will take the prosecuting attorney and the team that long to decide how, you know, how heavy the, the uh, penalty should be. There's, there's something called a pre-sentencing report, which will be done in about four to six weeks, and they will basically look at the aggravating factors and other factors. You know, they, there's two sides to this. You know, for example, they could look at uh, the fact that, uh, that Chauvin had no prior convictions. That's a, that would be a plus on his side. But uh, they're also going to look at the aggregating factors here. Was the uh, victim, he was handcuffed. That's not a, that's not a plus. Uh, vulnerable. Uh, he uh, unusual cruelty. I think people might argue that it, you know the nine minutes is unusual cruelty. The most important one, from what I understand from my reading, is that it has it was done in front of children, and oh. that in fact might cause uh, the, the judge to increase the numbers uh, to, to what would be the normal amount. Any indication or any consideration of Maxine Waters or Black Lives Matter, the influence that the screaming crowd may have had on on uh, the jurors. The, the, uh, they're obviously going to appeal this. I think Maxine Water thing is just uh, one person saying something. You could always find somebody to, to say something, pardon me, stupid. Uh, what, what may, in fact, be more uh, important, should the jury have been sequestered under the circumstances like here? Or the alternative is could they have changed the venue? You know, uh, uh, yeah. having this in the Minneapolis area would be difficult. Uh, it's very difficult to find a, you know, 12 people that basically uh, have a neutral position and don't know anything about it. All right. So well, they're going to appeal it. Uh, probability, I'm guessing, in this situation is not going to be real high. That's my opinion, however. Well, and I appreciate your opinion very much, Dr. Joe. I'm, we'll talk again. Thank you very much.